I hate that it counts down from five. <laughs> what is up? The intellectual idiots are back with a very special guest, our number one fan, our number one supporter from the start, Tanner Paul. He's every Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Got to represent a little bit from the hometown of Green Bay. So, I mean, Rodgers is our guy, but I appreciate you guys having me on. I know it's been a long time coming for you guys. I appreciate it. So, Tanner, explain, explain the reasoning as to why you're wearing your Rodgers Jets jersey. I think we're all sick of Rodgers here. You might be the only Packer fan that's that's not. I mean, that that's fair. So the reason that I'm wearing the Rodgers jersey here is because you got to think about all the years he gave us here in Green Bay. You know, he gave us great memories, great times in the playoffs. He gave us a Super Bowl ring. There's not a lot of quarterbacks out there I can say. Like, I mean, people are like, oh, Vikings, fans, Bears, Lions. When's the last time they even won a Super Bowl? They're like, oh, between Rodgers and Brett Favre, you guys only got two rings? Well, I don't. in that same time span, they've got zero. So Still can two you really rings. About it? Two yeah, rings is two rings. Two rings is two rings. It's better than zero. So that's fair. I still have love for Rodgers. Still have love for Rodgers. Just like I'm also a Colts fan. So I had a lot of love for Peyton Manning when he left to go to Denver. When I won a ring there, I'm like, you know, that's my guy. I got to go and support. So I think Rodgers is going to do the same thing with the Jets. That's fair. Have you guys seen that uh, that new quarterback documentary that's out on Netflix yet? Oh, I just I started. I watched like 20 it's... minutes of Mahomes. It's a little – I don't know what to think so far. <laughs> I love it. I – you know what I hate is that this documentary is making me like her cousins. And I really, I, yes. it, it's like, I hate the Vikings so much, but Kirk cousins is like the best guy in the world. And it like, it, he's never going to win a Super Bowl, And there are so many false narratives about Kirk cousins about like how he's bad on primetime games and this and that. And it's like, they're just not true. And he gets such a bad rap. And it's like, what I think is so funny about it is like, he's just the nicest guy in the world. I mean, he's like been such a consistent quarterback for everybody. The, Red, or the Redskins at the time, now commanders and mm-hmm. the Vikings. And it's just like. Season guy. There's no other way to put it. He plays a stat pusher in the regular season. He's solid. And then he'll never do anything in the playoffs. That's just. But the thing about it is, it's not just him. Like the Vikings, if they could like put together one good defense, then maybe Kirk Cousins would be able to have a chance. That's true. That's, uh, I agree with that. I mean, Kirk Cousins is the definition of you know the mediocrity of quarterbacks. You know, he'll get the job done. It's not going to be pretty, but he'll get it done in the league. But yeah, no, the documentary just shows him in such a great light. Patrick Mahomes with his family too. I mean, even Marcus Mariota. With his situation, I love to see all the aspects, all that. So I think it's been a great series so far. I really can't look, well, yeah. look more into it. Um, yeah. but Hi, Denali. New puppy, Tanner. <laughs> it's For been uh, a little bit. I had like a very long day of travel yesterday back from South Carolina, and I watched that whole documentary. The whole thing. thing. Eight episodes. Wow. That's awesome. So it was it was phenomenal. Fully recommend. But anyway. Let's get to it. Today's um, episode. Offensive Rookies of the Year, Defensive Rookies of the Year projections, as well as best fits in, on a team for, you know, to be able to succeed. I can start it off. Number one, I think this is – I think he's still the favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, but my goodness, Bijan John, John Robinson is just built different. I mean, he is – 
the best prospect since Saquon Barkley. And the last person to win offensive the offensive rookie of the year was Saquon, Saquon Barkley. He lands in an Atlanta offense that loves to run the ball under head coach Arthur Smith. I mean, last season the Falcons rushed a league high 559 times with Tyler Algier and Cordarrelle Patterson. Um, I mean, the man almost averaged seven yards per touch last year, and he had 20 touchdowns. Like, I think this man is just going to absolutely carry the Falcons. They got Desmond Ritter, who's an unexperienced quarterback, and they're going to lean heavy on this man. And he is going to be the face of the Falcons franchise. And I think he could top 1,500 yards this year easily with 10 to somewhere in between 10 and 20 touchdowns. And I think he's going to be the most valuable player as a, you know, in on an offensive uh, side of things. I'll shave my head if Bijan Robinson has 20 touchdowns. That would be absurd. The amount of times I've heard you say that, you should have shaved your head about 15 times right now. So that means nothing to me. (laughs) As someone who listens to a podcast regularly, I can agree with that one. I'm I'm your guy in power. So that's fair. That's fair. Bijan is just built different. I mean, he's like the best prospect, like I said, since Saquon Barkley. I will say I'm very thankful for B. John Robinson because my fantasy dynasty team has been an absolute disaster. Oh, yeah, you're going to be getting him now, right? <laughs> I'm going to be getting B. John Robinson, and I'm very, very happy because he's the most surefire number one pick for dynasty, and my dynasty fantasy team has been an absolute train wreck. So thank God for that. Tana, all you. All right. Well, you know, my rookie of the year for the offensive side of the football as a Colts fan, I got to go with my boy, Anthony Richardson. You know, he's the most athletic quarterback that we've seen in a long time, probably most similar to Lamar Jackson as far as that goes. Because Colts running game, it was trash last year. The offensive line broke down. Passing game wasn't terrible. Obviously, we had Matt Ryan, so it was just all in all a train very average. season. I, very, yeah. And, I mean, with someone who can actually run, evade pressure, get out of the pocket when he needs to to make plays – that's going to be Anthony Richardson. Just like Lamar Jackson, look at him his rookie year. I'm going to compare that all season long to Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson was not accurate throwing the football deep. He was not accurate throwing the football much at all. That's where Anthony Richardson stands right now as well. But because he can make moves with his legs and made his play style to become more open later on in the season because everyone had to play to that and try to like basically chase after him so he couldn't get anywhere or try to contain him, which gave him more time to actually – look and scan the field when it came to it. And if I'm, I don't know if Lamar Jackson won the rookie of the year that year, but I know that he did win an MVP at some point. So I got my take for Anthony Richardson taking yeah. it home. He's going to lead the Colts to a winning record this season. With Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, that read option game that we got with our new head coach, it's going to be dangerous. It's going to yeah. be a fun team to watch. I mean, he is mm-hmm. so raw, but he truly is a mix of Cam Newton's size with Lamar Jackson's elusive elusiveness and speed and the man has an absolute cannon if he can hone in his accuracy and his discipline on the field i think he has the most upside of by far of any of these qbs you know in this class i mean i think that's a stretch i i don't know if he has by far the most upside yeah the most the highest ceiling there's no doubt about that his abilities are nothing like we've ever seen i mean yeah i don't think bryce young and cj stroud are any slouch but Oh, I would, they're great, but I've, his ability is... I've liked Anthony Richardson from the start. I mean, watching his highlights, 
he's so incredible. Like the way that he can run and the way that he can evade pressure and all that kind of stuff. And the Colts, the Colts have been such a good team for the past five years, even longer than that. They've been consistent. Right. And I mean, honestly, Frank Reich was such a good coach as well. And I think it was a mistake to fire him in the first place personally. But the reality of the whole matter is, is the Colts have been searching for that guy. And like what they've been doing over the past three, four years with these one and done like fossil old quarterbacks that just, I don't understand the philosophy. And I guess I'll never understand the philosophy of teams trying to do that. Like the, the just trying to get the last out of like some old quarterback that's just competent enough to get the job done. It's, here. it's just, I just don't get it. Like Matt Ryan was so over the hump. Philip Rivers, so over the hump. Carson Wentz, so over the hump. And it's like, this is, this is just like the, these experiments that they constantly do year in and year out. I just feel like you can't honestly say by signing Philip Rivers or by signing, you know, or what, whoever the hell it was, Carson Wentz, you can't say, like, we're going to go and win the Super Bowl this year with this guy. Like, really? Like, and I think that Anthony Richardson, yeah, I mean, Tanner, you're in a good spot. I mean, I, with him being in the future, whether he gets in week one, whether he gets in week six, week 10, Colts fans are excited. I know they are because that's, you finally got your guy. So congratulations to you. Congratulations to you for getting your guy. I appreciate it. We we really needed a W here because the Colts, they have been, like you said, a struggling franchise from the start. Or I guess since Andrew Luck will say with between Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and yeah, Matt Ryan. So. It's it's been a crapshoot to say the least, but I'm happy to have Anthony Richardson as on the Colts. And if it's not this year that he does something great, it's going to be in the next couple of years. He's got a lot of time to grow, so I'm super excited about it. Yeah, exciting stuff, Max. What about you? All right, so mine's kind of going to be a shock to some people, but I I actually really love the Lions pick of Jameer Gibbs. Um, I I think that you like. A lot of people, I think, were shocked when the Lions picked another running back. Yeah, the first round, too, and then they got rid of all their guys. They just shipped them and released them. So they they picked Jameer Gibbs while they already had Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. And I think a lot of people were just kind of wondering, like, wait, what's going on here? Like, what's the plan? I feel like the Lions needed so much help on defense. Like, they were so close, but yet so far – with their defense and like their defense is not built to compete right now. They're just not there yet. I mean, they definitely played better towards the end of the year, but with where the lions are at, they're in a promising spot. And we've talked about it on this podcast before. Like they definitely have an opportunity to be a very, very solid football team going forward. That's going to be competing for super bowls for the next, however many years they got a great head coach in Dan Campbell. They had a powerful running game. I mean, Jamal Williams, like, didn't he lead the entire league in, in, in touchdowns for running backs? I think year? so, but they, they just did a little replace system. They replaced Jamal with David Montgomery, and then they replaced Swift with Amir Gibbs, just a younger version who they don't want to have someone who's getting hurt every game like DeAndre Swift. So Jameer Gibbs is a beast. And the more and more I thought about that pick, though, I first, when I saw the lines for Jameer Gibbs, I was like, what the hell? And then with obviously like how it's all unfolded and how they've gotten rid of a bunch of guys and whatnot, Jameer Gibbs is going to be the star of the show. I mean, they have David Montgomery now, and I think that they're going to definitely split some time, but I think Jameer Gibbs is going to set himself apart from David Montgomery. 
Um, and I actually really like the pick. I think it's going to make the Lions backfield pretty powerful. And I think it's going to help Jared Goff a lot. They already got some seriously, seriously talented weapons out at the wide receiver positions. Um, and I, I honestly think Jameer Gibbs is going to be a really, really good add for that Lions offense, which is already pretty explosive. The only thing that I worry about in a rookie of the year candidate is he's too small to be a workhorse back. They've compared him to like Marshall Falk and they're super excited about him. But how is a, a, a receiving back who splits time 50-50 with mainly the first first and second down work to David Montgomery and he takes the third down work? Like I worry a little bit that he won't have enough volume to, you know, like Dijon to be able to win that rookie of the year. But he certainly is talented as hell and his receiving skills are absolutely incredible. Ask Elvin Kamara. Yeah. Ask Aaron Jones. Small backs are honestly really making an impact with the way the NFL is heading. And honestly, with the passing game and how pass-focused the NFL has become, you guys are hearing all the controversy with running backs not getting their money. You need to be able to receive the ball as a running back more than ever in this day and age. And I really think Jameer Gibbs is going to fit really well into that system. And I think he's going to set himself head over heels above David Montgomery, who's been good. Um but I, I really like the pick of Jameer Gibbs, and I think he's going to be a really talented back and a big help for that Lions offense. I was just going to say, Max, I agree with you on that 100%. I think he'll be a huge help. And you even go back to when Christian McCaffrey was drafted. He was a 50-50 back with Jonathan Stewart back when he was in Carolina. And he had a heck of a season as a receiving back. He was only in on third down passing plays for the most part and a couple here and there just to like give Jonathan Stewart a breather. But between that double combo, I mean, it showed that he still had a lot of volume even with a short amount there. And then the second season, obviously, when Jonathan Stewart was traded away, then he really took off, which is what makes the Lions scary for a future franchise, honestly. Yeah, the Lions are going to be a good team. Yeah, they definitely scare me as a Packers fan. I still think the Packers are going to win that division. I really do. The Packers got the Packers depth chart matches up perfectly fine with anybody in that league, in that division. I'll tell you that right now. All right, let's do a snake. Let me start with defense. All right. All right. I got the big boy, the winners of the draft by a mile, the Philadelphia Eagles. Damn it. Jalen Carter. Oh, I was going to say. Rookie of the year. Let's just read something off. Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter. Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, are you kidding me? They already have the best defensive line in all of football. They had arguably one of the best defense in all of football. They have – we don't even need to talk about the powerhouse that their offense already is. Jalen Carter is what most people said. If he didn't have that incident with the racing, I think that he probably would have went higher than eight. Oh, yeah, no but doubt. He would have went high. Still. Jalen, he did already go high, but I think he would have went higher. Jalen Carter is going to be an absolute freaking monster. And the tools and the assets that he can bring to that Philadelphia defensive line, which is already unbelievable, I think you have to think that the Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl favorites going into this year. With this defense and with what they've seen from Jalen Hurts and this offense and, you know, what you're getting from, you know, A.J. Brown, what you're getting from – you know, everybody else that, that comes to the table from the offense. The Eagles are going to be a really, really scary team. They got Swifty as well. Yeah, they got the Swifter. Yeah. 
They got the slip through. They got their answer at running back. You know, I think that uh, they're primed, ready to go. Obviously, Jason Kelsey came back. Um, a lot of their guys came back from their offensive front. Um, you know, so I, Devontae Smith is only going to take another step up. They got solid tight ends with Dallas Goddard. And um, I'm waiting for the Eagles this year. I think that they're going to be good. So, Jalen Carter is my pick. He truly is one of the most explosive linemen I've ever seen. His power, his – I mean, he's got great hand work. He is an absolute nightmare on that ferocious defensive line. The only thing I worry about is, like, you just named so many players that they have on the D-line. Is he going to get, you know, 50% plus of the snaps, I think? But they're so – spotting as a starter. They're so, so deep. So, we'll see. I was going to say, that was the only pushback I had is that because of Fletcher Cox still being there, I think he's going to be the replacement going down the road with all the distraction, like you said, with the whole, you know, racing thing. But, I mean, he is a great player. Like y'all said, he's got great strength, great athleticism at his size. I mean, it's going to be an unstoppable force of a defensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, you really cannot complain. It's going to be scary to go up against them for any team. Yeah, and like we said, like, the best player has to play. Like, whether the depth chart, I get it. Um, right now he's slotted in as a starter, but the way I kind of look at it is if Jalen Carter is going to go out there and tackle the quarterback, he's going to see the field. And that's I'm very, very confident that he's going to get in there and he's going to make an incident impact on the defense. All right. So am I next or are you next, Tanner? Um, I mean, I can go next here, and I'm probably going to take your pick too with, uh, you know, Will Anderson here. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to figure someone else out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the first defensive guy taken off the board, obviously, you know, Jalen Carter could have been that guy first taken off the board. But how can you just pass by Will Anderson's just quick athleticism, you know, player comparisons to Von Miller? You think about a young Von Miller back in the day. It's like a small little back. Yeah, exactly. And you don't even want to go up against that. You don't even want to think about that. Someone who's got the power, the quickness the side-to-side movements, and he's going to be lining up on the edge for the Houston Texans. Granted, the Texans, being a Colts fan, that makes me worried to see C.J. Stroud there and Will Anderson to get that back-to-back pick. But, like, it's just going to be like a little T.J. Watt all over again almost off the edge. It's going to be scary. I'm going to hate to see it every single time we play the Texans. So I just think he's going to be a game wrecker. I think throughout the season he's going to get better and better. He's already a force to be reckoned with coming from, you know, a prestigious college in Alabama. So it's just – Overall, he, I think he's he's got that winner mentality. He's got that strength. He's got that speed. It's it's hard to beat. He is, yeah, he's incredible. They also say he has all the intangibles of a leader. He's going to mm-hmm. be a leader in that defense. I the Texans are a very exciting team. You know, with C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, and you know all the young rookies that they have on the offense. Yeah, I'm saying this maybe my hot take, but I think the AFC South will be the most entertaining division because it's the biggest crapshoot right now of just young players trying to figure yeah. out what's going to happen between oh, you know Jaguars, Titans, Texans, Colts. You think about the rosters for all of them, and you're like, you really don't know who's going to come out on top oh. of that division because it's just a crapshoot. It's the the craziest division, honestly. Like I've thought thought of in a long time. That literally, mm-hmm. there's projection. I mean, Will Levis, Tannehill, who knows? C.J. Mm-hmm. Stroud, who knows what we're going to get from him? Trevor Lawrence, I mean, I think the Jags are probably the ones going to win a division. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I actually think the Titans are in a very interesting spot. It really shocked me that they signed DeAndre Hopkins. Did they officially sign him? They yeah. officially signed him, yeah. So that makes me hate life even more. So, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they officially signed him, Tyler. You got to do your research. 
Um, <laughs> but ultimately, what I had to say about that is, uh, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is a very interesting signing to me because, like, I just – I feel like the Titans let a lot of guys go. And he himself has said, I want to go to a Super Bowl contender. I don't see the Titans by any stretch of the imagination no. being a Super Bowl contender. Not even close. So I don't understand the signing. It was he wants the money. money. It's all about that dough. Really, he has no winning. Like, he had the option to go to Buffalo for less money. They said they would give him less than the market standard, but he would have potentially been on a team with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Hopkins, Gabe Davis, all Dawson Knox all together. I mean, that is a force to be reckoned with. I would want to be a part of that. Yeah, along with that, he got offers from the Chiefs. And not, not that the New England Patriots are any stretch of like a great Super Bowl contending team, but I think that a better shot than the Tennessee Titans. But to have a chance with the Kansas City Chiefs and you decide, oh, I'm going to go to the Titans, it's all about that money. All yep. about that money right now. Definitely. That's all he cares about. Well, hey, maybe he thinks that Ryan Tannehill's the goal. <laughs> yeah, we'll let us be starting mid-year no doubt about that um next up you guys took both of my picks so i'm gonna have to go with christian Lucas Van Ness. Christian <laughs> the cornerback the out of new england the man is just probably the best he was probably the finest pure press man corner in the class I mean, he's in for a spectacular rookie campaign. I mean, think of all the cornerbacks that Bill Belichick has achieved, you know, in making them succeed in his career. Um, I mean, you think about what? Darrell Revis, Ty Law, J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, the infamous Malcolm Butler. I mean, Christian Gonzalez is so talented, and I think he has the ability to be, you know, a superstar in this league. And, you know, I don't really have any other picks, so Christian Gonzalez – you know, he's, he's in the pick. I'll say he was on my radar, too. I had him written down. Um, my only pushback that would make him maybe outside of, like, kind of that elite stature of being a, you know, defensive rookie of the year would be the hands. He started for three years at Oregon and had four interceptions his entire career. Granted, it was all his, you know, last nice. year playing there. But prior to that, you know, he had zero interceptions playing for two whole seasons. That's as a tough. Corner and run side to side like he has great coverage if you watch the film he's 6-1 he's lengthy yep. and like you said with Belichick coaching it's hard not to kind of root for the kid at the end of the day I, I do like to pick that would just be my one thing that he has to work on towards totally to break there yeah I honestly think can we talk can we can we just have like a mini very mini 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 talk about Lucas Van Ness I don't know shit about him <laughs> Uh, they, you know, Lucas Van Ness <laughs> Lucas Van Ness is going to be very good for the Packers I truly believe it you think this season he'll be good or you think future wise he'll be good because I think this season it might be a little bit of a learning experience like it was for Sean Gary his first year and where we didn't see a whole lot of like you know the flashy plays that we expected but as he got down the road then it was something that we're like okay this guy's the guy you know I think the next Clay Matthews Lucas Van Ness. And I, I honestly, like, I, it was a very random pick for me. I was like, wait, what are, we, what, are we, what are we doing? Who is Lucas Van Ness? But I was watching some of his highlights in Iowa. I mean, he is a beast. I think that he's going to compliment um, Rashad Gary and Preston Smith perfectly. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to see him with Devondre Campbell and, and – uh, and uh, Preston Smith and Rashad Gary, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the table because 
God knows we need some some more pass rush. So, but yeah, God, felt like an animal. They call him Hercules for a reason. He was just massive. Who? They call Lucas Van Ness. They call him Hercules. Oh yeah, he's a freaking monster. Yeah. yeah, he's an animal. I like it. I like it. Well, this is great, guys. This is great. Do we have? Can we all agree upon an honorable mention? Who do we want our honorable mention to be? Bryce Young. Oh, I don't think we're going to agree on this one. Bryce Young. Oh, we're talking defense? No, yeah, I'll go with Bryce Young. <laughs> yeah, Bryce Young. I mean, he's number one overall pick. He's in a great situation. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, too. I mean, you look at the schedule for the Panthers. They're in a shit division as it is. He's got a lot of growing to do, but because of the weak – I mean, the weak opponents, he can actually grow, take time. He's got Frank right there now as a head coach, the QB whisperer himself. So he's in a really good situation to really excel and yeah. be one of the top tier players. That goes right into my next point of players in the best situations to succeed. Bryce Young be, coming from such a successful time in Alabama, going to, you know, the Panthers, Frank Wright, the QB whisperer. I mean, he's got such an easy schedule. I mean, they got Jim Caldwell, Thomas Brown coaching on the offense. They did a lot of work in free agency. You know, their offensive line is really good. They got Miles Sanders, who was an absolute home run hitter last year. Adam Thielen, Grandpa Thielen, still a good receiver. DJ Shark, Hayden Hurst. They got Terrace Marshall. I like I like his situation. I think out of all the players, he is set up for the most success, you know, considering how good of a player he is already. I'd say I, I definitely agree with that. He's got the best – he's got one of the best situations in the NFL coming into as a rookie. Like, there's not a lot of expectations. It's – I mean, it's a clean – it's a young team. It's a young defense. Yep. There's really not a lot to hate about his organizing cast. It's a lot of experienced coaches. It's not like fresh league faces or anything like that. So, I think he is really in the best situation to really grow as a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I I would um, – I would agree – I, I I love to play devil's advocate, but I I would agree. I think, I think Bryce Young is in a perfect situation. I would also argue that Jalen Carter is in a really good situation over in Philadelphia with the setup that they already have with their defense and their defensive line. I think with Fletcher Cox in the middle, I think with, with I think that uh, Jalen Carter is going to get his opportunities, and I think that he's also in a really, really good spot. Um, I Fantastic. I, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. I think those two guys are, are really in the best spots, in my opinion. Um, are there any other guys that you guys think of on the top of your head? Tanner, you have one? Well, I, I got one that who has a promising future. He's not going to play this season, I don't think. Um, but Hendon Hooker, the third Hendon, round pick. I, wait, he was drafted. Where He was a t- the Tennessee Volunteers QB. Where did he yep. Lions, right? He went to the Lions. Yep. So he's I think he's gonna be a next guy to take over Jared Goff. I don't think he's gonna last long there in Detroit. He's maybe got one or two seasons left with Goff. And yeah, I think Dan Campbell's gonna coach him up well. You know, Hennon Hooker, he got his knee surgery before the draft. Obviously, he got a terrible injury during the season. Yeah. Um, that he had to get taken care of. But before that, he was one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in college football. He was gonna be literally a he was going to be a first-round pick if he didn't have that knee injury, and that's why everyone's so skeptical on him. But it's the knee. We've seen a lot of players come back from knee injuries. We've also seen a lot of players fall from it. So that's what's going to be kind of that. Is he going to grow from it, or is he just going to kind of fluke, be a fluke? And at the end of the day, I think he's in the best situation. Dan Campbell's been great with the Lions, just bringing every single position up and yeah. really just building the team together. Yeah. 
He really does. He brings them together. <laughs> so I think Kenan Hooker has a bright future with the Lions. I think he can be the future quarterback, even though he's a little bit on the older side. But that's that's someone who I look at, and I'm like, you know, he's got the talent. He can move a little bit. He's got the arm. Like, why not give him a shot? And I think he can grow in that system, especially with the head coach there and the, just the way the Lions are growing like as a it. franchise. Bold call, but I like it. I think it makes sense. All right. Well, guys, I think that's probably uh, all the time we have today. Sorry, Haley is uh, texting me. She's coming back from her eyebrow appointment, and she's picking up Subway, so I have to get in my order. Oh, <laughs> wow, Subway. Subway, eat fresh. Eat fresh. I'm training for my half marathon, so I Dude, really have to. Hey, I'm doing – I have been. I just ran six miles the other day. So I did too. Woo. Yeah, I'm not running. Maybe you come. Maybe you run one with me when you visit. I will already have my half marathon in the books, and I think I'll be good. But thank you. Um, I uh, I'm never gonna run want to run again after my half marathon. Really? So, but anyway, uh, Tanner, you're freaking awesome. You know, it's so great talking with you and, and having you back on. We got to do this again soon. It was a blast. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Um, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, you know no fun. Thanks for you guys having me on. It's it's been fun. I always like talking football. So anytime you guys need someone to step in and hell yeah, you know, put you guys in your place a little bit, just let me know. <laughs> we'll we'll bring you on. Obviously, you're a big Aaron Rodgers guy, so we'll bring you on maybe second yeah. week of Hard Knocks. You know, get get Ooh, we can talk yeah. about Hard Knocks and um, you know see what Rodgers is cooking up, see what the Jets are saying. We can talk about that. Oh, absolutely. I'm a hundred percent in on that. Sweet. All right, Max, you got anything else? Otherwise, I think that is it for the intellectual idiots. I got nothing else, Tanner. Thank you. You're a freaking beast. And, uh, you know, fuck your jersey, but we're uh, <laughs> all bitter with Aaron Rodgers, but you'll be fine. Um, we will have you I back. I wouldn't be wearing that in Green Bay when you move there. <laughs> yeah, I'll be wearing uh, in Green Bay all day long. All, all right. Long. Tanner, thank you. Intellectual idiots are closing down for this episode. Stay tuned, and we will be back next week. Bye. Have a good day.